Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, here we go. Another Friday. (laughs) And after a Mercury retrograde, that doesn't seem like it's ever ending. (laughs) <laughs> so, well, as is the case, um, it's actually sunny and shining outside, which is nice compared to our rainy weather we've had. So I feel more enlivened even with the first. <laughs> well, that's good, Lyra. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sidebar to this is we're trying to shift our um, sound systems, and I'm trying to put a mic on my f- computer so we can use this, and it's caused a little bit of frustration on my end, or should I say a lot of frustration on my end. But that being said, I mean, I got it on and everything. I just don't know how to turn it into the right place. So it'll be something we'll figure out on another day when I'm not ready to blow up everything. <laughs> yeah, no rush. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, at least I have it now, and I can, yeah. you know, figure out as I go along. But um, so that being on our docket or my docket, how was your week? Oh, or several weeks since we. Been... I know. Yeah. I mean, I think I guess things are fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I say this every week. Uh, they're mostly good. Uh, I'm working on you know the, the second book, uh, and I've been trying diligently to just sit and write. I have a, I have a couple months until my deadline, but I've been convincing myself that my deadline is sooner than that because I really wanted to have it done by my birthday. Uh, and so uh-huh. in my head, I've been saying April, and April is Monday, and it's definitely not going to be done by Monday. Uh, so 
So I'm feeling I'm feeling some pressure around that, even though it's self-inflicted pressure. Right, right. Well, definitely it would be sort of pressury. I know that um, that kind of a thing can really get to people. Um, at this moment, I know that when I had deadlines of various things, it would do the same thing. So, yeah. 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 So how are you, Elvira? Yeah. Well, obviously, after we experience the the moment here of, I have a mic, I have this fancy thing, let me put it all together, then all these other problems started happening. So not a good time to have tried a new item. Other than that, um, been incredibly busy uh, with clients and, you know, having picked up that extra day when um, – Holly, our other reader at Milk and Honey, one of our other readers at Milk and Honey was not able to, helped enormously on my financial end, took enormous <laughs> amount of energy to keep that going and yeah. shortened a lot of available time for other things. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of like, well, I guess, you know, I'll get through it. And now that it's no longer required, I'm kind of like, what do I do with my time? Oh, my God. Like, today I was supposed to do some, you know, things like get my car taken care of on some minor stuff, like my seatbelt, which is a 20-year-old car with 20-year-old, you know, safety seatbelts. Um, and because I wear jewelry, the jewelry would go where the crossbar is, and it would pick up threads. Well, 20 years of doing that, they shredded sides, so I cannot allow it to go back into the um, the spring load area because those little Ooh. things get all twisted up, and they don't let me pull out the um, the belt, which means I can't drive the car. So not because it won't drive, but because it's illegal, and some nice policeman will give me a very nice ticket for that, I'm sure. Um, but uh, I was supposed to get all that done today, and... That didn't work out, and there has been some other, you know, like falling by the wayside. And I honestly, even after um, <laughs> technology again, we have gone from uh, checks at one of the places I work at to um, direct deposit, which is really great. Mm -hmm. But because something glitched uh, last night or yesterday, nobody got paid. Oh. <laughs> So, and of course, it's the first of the month, so rent's yeah. due, and life Not is, you know, timing. like, yeah, so that was another one of those, like, okay, where can I pull money out from what place to put it over here to do that? So it um, it obviously wore on my, my nerves, but in the line of, you know, life, it's just a small bump. It's not like, you know, travesty upon travesty. Um, I did have something I wanted to share. One of my clients is a just started listening to our show, and she said, I'm really, really, really new at magic. And so she had her issue, and we were talking about it. And she says, I really need sassy women in my life, and you guys are sassy women. So obviously well, I did yeah, not choose to look up true. sassy, but that's really good, isn't it? Yeah. I'll take it. I'm, I'm sassy. I accuse myself of being sassy, and I threaten my family members to not be sassy all the time. So I'll take it. 
Okay, well, there you are. I thought I would give us that excellent compliment of our personalities and our, you know, <laughs> our handling of how we deal with, you know, what we're talking about and hopefully in our lives, too. So yeah, Nice. Yeah, so that was, you know, my my side note to uh, what had happened. It was a nice little, you know, perk to hear that. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And, um <laughs> So the rest of it is, you know, like everything else, we're all kind of trying to catch our our breath and not get underwater, no pun intended. Right. But, you know, uh, I, you know, we have what? The Apple Blossom Festival is coming to Sebastopol next month. Well, in another day, it'll be that month, but next month being right around the corner. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So there we are with that. And... You know, our our lineup, I know you were not feeling well there for a while, so, you know, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're back among the the healthy. Yeah, and mostly, I may, I may have a coughing fit. I will try and mute my mic if that happens. I apologize in advance, <laughs> but I am still not 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, take your vitamins, people. Try and stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting, I... Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to, you know, prep as things come up that I know are going to be needed to change according to my leaving this area and going to Arkansas. Uh, Very interesting is I just finished later this afternoon a conversation with my car insurance. And just so we get a feel for our incredible living expenses here, um, Number one, the insurance that uh, exists here, it was like 900 for the year because we live in a state that has an incredible amount of uh, suits that they let people level because of accidents and everything. So we've become, you know, um, and our population is higher in, in the areas that we all are in. So it it kind of, I I choked a bit, and and after I kind of got my breath again, I got on the phone, and it was fascinating because not only do we, and this is, mind you, just so you are aware, with good driver and, you know, like long-term working with this company and being with this company and perks for that and, you know, some of these other little things that they give you. And so I said to him, to the nice man, I said, well, if I didn't have these, what would be the cost? And he said, well, you know, and he kind of hedged. And, of course, then I said, well, how do I know you're giving me the discounts? Now, these are things that, you know, like fair disclosure. And he says, well, you, you basically it's registered, but we can't, we can't disclose that. And I go, well, how do I know you really are doing this? You know, you're not just telling me this. So he actually worked with me because I was in one of those moods where I'm a little more frustrated about the economy that we are forced into here or or that we we are in, not forced, but by living here. And so he basically told me that if I didn't have all these these different little perks, it'd be about $1,900 for my car. And I was like stunned, you know, with that. And then I demanded to talk to somebody because I wanted to know how much it would cost me, give or take, mind you, 
to pay for the same exact thing I'm getting on my car in Arkansas at the place that I'm planning on going. Are you ready for this? $560. Right. That's not surprising. Yeah. So I obviously, uh, the more these things come up, the more I look at this and go, ah, one more reason. Not that, you know. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to be in California, to stay here. There are many, many. I just am beginning to find that some of the more financial ones aren't. So, anyway. So that was that was another one of those like oh let's you know get a reality check, mm-hmm. but um, and of course you know we've got all the other things that are here that we love and take on. So that being said, we might want to jump in maybe to our subject matter for today. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about witchy stuff. Yeah, I like that rather than mm-hmm. reality stuff. <laughs> Well, yeah. (laughs) Although that's true. They're all reality stuff. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's just fun. fun Then the other stuff. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So on that note, now let's see if I can butcher the name. I've been trying to say this, so you may say it better than I I know how to say this one, so I'll let you say it, and then and you can butcher it this time, and then I'll tell you how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> okay. What I would say is Blodenweed. Ah, it's Blodiaf. Blodia. Oh, I like that. Blodiaf. Much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, a mm-hmm. T-H at the end, Blodiaf. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And I, um, sorry, I'm going to cough you all right. Um, there's a, a, a lovely Druid man who I may have talked about before named Christopher Hughes. And he's written several books about um, different Celtic studies and Caridwen. And he is the leader of the Anglesey Druid Order in, in Wales. Uh, he's a, a, a lovely man. But he uh, told my partner and I, because Lodias is one of the goddesses that I have a, a rather fond relationship with, but there are two different ways to pronounce her name. Blodiaf is after she's been cursed. Blodiaf is when she's still the maiden. Uh, so I always say Blodiaf as a way of calling upon her happier spirit. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's it's more, in my opinion, I find what this is. I mean, we had a couple of other uh, episodes that we had uh, put aside, and, and so this one is like the first one of spring other than our, our uh, spring equinox. And it was interesting because as I was reading this information and writing notes and everything, it it dawned on me that it was one of these things where we it's very – she can have a dark side, mm-hmm. but so do does the feminine – in, when it is disrespected, have a dark side. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, and Ludias is, is Welsh. 
She, her, her story is one of the stories in the Mabinogian, which is the sur- surviving collection of Welsh fairy tales or myths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It was uh, okay. The, the Mabinogian was written down by monks, uh, so we have to take it all with a grain of salt. But there is some. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that. Um, and I'll let you just run with it for a second. You want me? Okay, all right. So, one of the things is um, this is, you know, a. Uh, she is called, you know, her name, of course, is Most Beautiful Goddess. She is Flower, Flower Girl, Flower Woman. And yet, she also holds the other side, the most treacherous. So, in. Uh, the combination of those two, I found that it was, it is what, you know, I don't want to just say women because it is also male, you know, there's a male point of reference in this, but since this is a goddess and we're going to deal with only that, um, it's when the feminine has been, the, the goddess has been taken and demoted or put in a subservient position that the treachery comes out and um, in many ways if you think about how when women have been put in positions where they lose their power, they have been lessened, they do devious things, they do treacherous things, they may not always be the kind that we're going to talk about here (laughs) but um, there is that other side. What's interesting, and I think it's impossible to talk about Lodiath without talking about Arian Road, uh, who is part of the the longer story in the Welsh book, the Mabinogion. Uh-huh. Um, and uh-huh. and Road is one of the, the one of the big, quote unquote, one of the big deities of the Welsh pantheon, and she is put through these degrading tests uh, by by Gwydion who is the master magician of this one specific part of Wales. Uh, uh-huh. And this, a son is born, but she's so angered by this son uh, because he's, it's a very long story that we won't go into tonight, but Gwydion basically takes the baby and hides him. And there, uh, there were certain things that only a mother could do. For example, only a mother could name her son and only a mother could arm her son and only a mother could choose who, uh, who his, her son would marry. And these are all, uh-huh. these are all curses that Arian wrote lays upon her son so that he can't have a happy life because of, of how he and Gwydion have tricked her so many times. And uh-huh. eventually Math and Gwydion, the two main dudes in this tale, do all kinds of tricksy, treachery BS to break all of the curses that Arian Road has laid upon Lula Geif's head. That's Lula Geif, uh, who is Blodowith's husband. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, Arian Road says, you can never marry a mortal woman. That's the curse. And so Gwydion Oh, okay, well, we'll create a, a woman. We'll create a bride. And they collect meadow sweet and broom and oak flowers. And they create this beautiful flower maiden. And 
who loves her and is so grateful to have a beautiful bride and she loves him too and because she's just been created to be his bride she doesn't know anything else she doesn't know any better right but right. then Lou leaves her alone and while he's gone a hunting party shows up and Gronweir is part of that hunting party and all of a sudden she finds herself attracted to someone she finds herself having feelings for someone and it's not her fault she's never been around another person before she she was created through clue and there's this uh-huh. long very complicated uh, Lou has been blessed that he can only be slain in a very specific way and I think I even have it right here uh, this uh, he cannot not easily easily be slain except by a wound, and the spear that strikes him must have taken a year to be created. He cannot be slain within a house or outside of a house, nor can he be slain on horseback or on foot, and he can only be slain making a bath for him by the side of the river with a roof over it and a cauldron with thatching on the roof and a buck next to the cauldron, so he has one foot on the buck and the other foot on the cauldron. And then, if he is hit by a spear that's been taken a year to create, he'll die. So it's pretty freaking complicated. Right. So the die with goes into this whole, uh, into a year of plotting his murder with Gronwyr, her lover, and creating the spear uh-huh. and creating all of the perfect things to bring his death. And it works. They, they do it. They trick him. It all works. Except Clue doesn't die. He turns into an eagle and flies away. And Gwydion and Mass, the great magicians, they find him and they take care of him and they nurse him back to health. And then they go and find Blodiaweth. And to punish her, they turn her into an owl. And actually, Blodiaweth is the word for owl in Welsh. Uh-huh. Same word. So she gets um, she gets punished. Just uh-huh. for just for attempting to live the life that she didn't ask to be given. And that is, you know, pretty human. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it, it um I know they, they were talking about you know, the different uh female myths that happen, you know, Delilah and of course we have Lilith and you know, we have different uh, Irish myths as well that mm-hmm. that is exactly what happens. The the female who is made for or created or, you know, put together uh, doesn't know anything and chooses then to allow herself to move forward with her feelings, This in this case love, and... Uh, is basically demonized and, you know, quote, turned into a a foul or turned into, you know, dust or whatever it is. It's it's um it is more of a I think if you look back, it's when the you know, when the energies of the goddess started to be challenged by the tribes and the 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 invasions of the more male focused deities so um but it does have its own kind of uh innate meaning i mean if you take it away from being uh she was you know she 
she plotted and she did this is that, you know, what happens when we start having our own feelings, our own feelings, not what we're supposed to feel. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, and and it's uh, difficult because this, you know, if we look at this story as as character, um, uh you know, she is created to be this, this belonging to a very powerful man. Uh, and all she knows is that relationship, and then he leaves. He leaves because that's what his job is, and he has to go and do the things to take care of the kingdom and be out in the land and do all the things to take care of that responsibility. Uh, and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and she's alone. She's created and thrown into the arms of a man and then left alone. And that alone right. is very <laughs> Right, um, right. You know, and there's yeah, a lot of, so. I've noticed there's a lot of wanting to, um, oh, I can't think of the right word, uh, synchronize with, with other things. And she, uh-huh. there's really, there aren't a lot of other goddesses like this goddess. There aren't a lot of other goddesses who go through this transformation. And, and the owl does not represent wisdom in the Welsh lineage. It doesn't. She's not wise. Um, mm-hmm. She's the betrayer, and she must be in darkness. So it's mm-hmm. it's a really difficult myth. It's a hard myth to face because it really requires you to look at betrayal in a way that's that, that can be painful uh, for yourself, the ways that you betrayed yourself, and the ways that you may have been betrayed by other people. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So you know. Uh, in a more modern version, <clears throat> excuse me, it's what have we felt betrayed by, and thus when that happens, what do we then betray? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as, you know, a myth, as a goddess, as a um, format, it is kind of poignant, not to get too political, but how this is reflected in some of the things that we are obviously um, experiencing in our modern world right now. Right. So, and I don't think, honestly, when I chose this particular deity that I suggested, I wasn't looking at it as that myth. I was looking at it as spring and Mm -hmm. flowers and, you know, the beauty of it. And yet, that is... um, that's the surface, that's part, but it's not the depth of it. So I um, I think that subconsciously there was something else going on here. Sure, sure. There's actually a yeah. book called um, The Owl Service, and it's a children's book. It was written in the late 60s, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Alan Garner, that's the name of the author. But it's a, it's a kid's book, but it's so it's so heavy. Uh, but someone uh-huh. recommended this to me a million years ago because it is like a modern retelling of Bodaya's story. Um, uh-huh. And it's pretty intense, but it's beautiful. It it has a sad uh, vibe to it just because I think it's past. But the the thing I liked about it is um, it, it's a, the cycle of Bodaya's and Gronwyr and Clue has to play out in this one valley in Wales. Like, this is where the myth 
originally took place. And so every every so many years, um, three people will get sucked in and relive this myth and, and it, it unfolds in different ways depending on the the people uh-huh. and the you know how modern or whatever it is. But basically uh-huh. in this version of the story it's three young children and they have to figure out how to break the cycle so it doesn't so it doesn't continue to play itself out. And the one thing that has stuck with me is the little girl who becomes the Blodias um, goddess in this reincarnation just keeps saying, I was supposed to be flowers. I was supposed to be flowers. And there's this longing that to go back to that, to go back to being flowers, to go back to being this, just this, this thing of beauty and without all the complications. And there's, I, that's right. what I always think of with Lodaya. It's like just the simplicity of, of beauty and belonging to the earth. Right, right. So that that really puts it into the perspective of what you, you know, it's like being created and then being put into the situation and, as you say, the playing out of the process. It's um, It does have a sense of, and it's interesting, someone of the, the, the sources had something to do with talking about, like, the 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 old king being slain and the new king and the and the concept of the back and the forth of that mm-hmm. and you know she as um a goddess was the the earth the, the you know the goddess of sovereignty to be married to but to be respected and when it it changed and it became a possession then it changed and distorted that um, cycle, so right. it became even a, a more um, a darker cycle than it really was. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. and the story yeah. actually ends. There's a there's a large stone in uh, some place in Wales that I'm not going to be pronouncing out, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, uh-huh, but it's uh-huh. the stone is called Gronweir Stone, and at the end of the story. Gronweir runs away and tries to get Lou to forgive him and and Lou uh-huh. won't. He demands that Gronweir stand at the riverbank and receive a blow from the spear that he had been hit with. And Gronweir uh-huh. tries everything he can to have either someone take his place or have Lou change his mind or whatever. Nothing works. So eventually Gronweir says, okay, I will stand here and you can throw the spear at me, but let me put this giant rock in front of me. And Lou's like, okay. But Lou is so pissed and so angry that he throws the the spear so hard, it actually pierces a hole in the stone and kills Gronweir anyway. And there is still this very large stone on the riverbank in Wales where there's a huge hole in it. And that's the place where this whole myth worked itself out, supposedly. Wow. That's awesome. I know, I really want to see it. Yeah. And I think that, and that's another one of those, I think if there was another part of it, that part of that was that there was a, that the spear go through the hole, a stone with a hole in it. And Mm -hmm. I can see where this might be the beginning of that point of, of the story being changed to that. Right. 
Yeah, um, yeah, and there is all kinds of interesting myth and uh, um, superstition in Britain and Ireland and Wales and Scotland and and the coast of of uh, France and that whole area of, of where the Celts may have once been about stones with holes in them. Right, right. So, well, I was looking at our time, and I'm thinking we might want to quickly throw in our our very short but very um, interesting uh, time of um, advertising the other shows on our network. Yeah, let's take a quick break. Okay. We'll be right back. That's true. And she quotes, she has nine powers. 
Mm. And, of course, that is the maiden, the mother, and the crone times three. And she is considered, um, of course, the Welsh virgin goddess of spring. But then right. she goes into the um, the mother aspect is she never has children, but she is the the mother earth. She is the flowers, the mother earth. And then she goes into the crone, which is when the treachery and the, the, the aspect of death. But then she is the overseer of the aspects of Lou and uh you know how you said it. I'm I'm sitting here laughing, going, "Yeah, I can say these things. No problem. It's my heritage, and that's bullshit." Um, <laughs> um, but it's that reincarnation process, the 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 dying and then resurrection kind of a thing, and then going back into you know the cycle again. So very much in the same order is that she says, nine powers in me combined, nine buds of plant and tree, long and white are my fingers, as the ninth wave of the sea. Hmm, interesting. Yes. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a, it, it was, I, I didn't get very much more, and I was very frustrated because, of course, it was more about, you need a more gain and then blending with the crone and death. And, and I think they, they kind of threw the mother's aspect in more because that's earth. And right. she came from the flowers of earth. But it um, it made me look at it from, again, an older perspective. But as you said, Mabinogian is by monks. They, they, you know, the version gets changed as it got written, as it got, you know, put into a different context. So you really can't get all of what the nine-fold aspect is. And um, so, but it was, um, it just, it made me want to find out if there was more, but I couldn't find any. I was very frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it it is um what I what I learned especially being involved with a druid organization that is focused on Welsh mythology and not a more, you know, generic pan-Celtic mythology is it is uh-huh. it's a lot of digging, personal digging. And there are um specific kinds of trance techniques and journeying techniques that we would do to go and visit these these gods and the Isle of Avalon and the the different entities that may exist within that place in order to get more information. Uh, and uh-huh. people have, and there's also, if folks are interested, um, there is an organization called the Sisterhood of Avalon, and it is for women only, uh, but it is ran by a woman named Gina Talindru, who is freaking amazing and is has like a PhD in wealth studies and is just awesome. And then again, Christopher Hughes has written extensively. He is Welsh. He speaks Welsh. He's a, you know the leader of a Druid organization in Wales. And it is there is something about involvement in a Druid organization that can help connect with these deities because uh-huh. there is um, there's a lot of scholarship required. It's um, you know, I think a lot of what's happening in paganism is very experiential, and you can have this experience, and it might not have any basis in any one study or 
have any connection to anything historical, and that's okay. Your experience is still valid. But uh-huh. having a little bit of, of study and um, being a, a student and learning the history and all of that is it's actually quite powerful. Mhm, mhm. Yeah. yeah, and again, it takes a certain amount of uh, dedication. I mean, a yeah. lot of us uh, do start out wanting to experience things, so we may take a path and hold, you know, hold true to it. And sometimes it's the one that's our jumping-off point. Uh, and if we can find one that has you know, as much unbroken lineage as possible, it's helpful. And some of us don't go that route, but I think that Mm -hmm. it is, it's an area I have always wanted to go after and follow, but I think, um, I don't know. Now I kind of look at it and go, huh, I don't know. I don't want to know if I want to put that much, you know, intensity into it. I have other things that are intense, but the, the particular goddess is, um, you know, I I really felt for her in mm-hmm. a way that I haven't felt for goddesses, I mean, that I have worked with or studied in that manner. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, and of course, one of the interesting things that, because you you mentioned um, now it's how do you say Ariadnik or Ari Arian Rod? Rod is mm-hmm. um, the uh, another part of it is Care Arian and mm-hmm. and it's the castle or the domain and right. so she moved from Earth to the sky at least as far as a lot of the uh, information that I found as part of her kind of little sidebar as to what was going on. So Right. Uh, yeah, and it's an interesting you know, she's the, the goddess of the silver stone, which is to be the night sky. And uh-huh. her son is Clue, who goes through all of these get his own uh right to be a man, basically. And, and then it ends with a story about his bride. It's just a very interesting tale. It's it's very uh-huh. curious. Why was that such an important tale to save, you know? Right, right. I can only imagine that somewhere, you know, in all of this, it was more than just about the conquest of um, one land by one kind of people. It, It may be something far bigger because, of course, you know, there's always this aspect of the other peoples that were part of that land, and right. uh, so yeah, it, it uh, you just kind of I don't know. Somebody was asking me something about um, the energy patterns, and I was I was answering more in terms of we always have the older gods. And, you know, we discuss this when we talk about the Norse gods. We talk about it when we talk about the the, uh, Mediterranean and, you know, more Greek and uh, Roman and and those particular groups of people. Um, And yet, I don't know, I haven't really, this, this 
this particular myth and goddess tends to make me feel that's from the farther back then. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... Yeah, but, I would agree. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, as far as working with her, I don't know, how would you look at working with her as a deity? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's like because your relationship with any you know, Start small, start learning her stories, reading her myths, learning about the Mabinogian in general, uh, and reading the Battle of the Trees or the Book of Taliesin, anything that connects into that sort of scope of the Mabinogian, creating an altar, you know, something that that features both owls and flowers, because there is that, that balance of day and night, that balance of life and death. Uh, you know, she sort of holds the threshold. Um, I think that's a good place to start. And time outside, you know, it is the spring, or at least it is the spring here. I know spring is getting closer for other folks who live. But go outside and experience some of the spring. Go and look at the blossoms and the flowers. I think that's a really important piece that sometimes gets missed. Mhm, mhm. And it's interesting. One of the things, a side note for California, is that because of the incredible rain and and moisture that we have had, and we won't go into the downside of all of that, but it seems that we are in a explosion of the poppy being uh, flowering and the areas that it has, you know, just blanketed and it's become a quote tourist uh destination and of course there's a whole thing that that has hit some of the areas that have the most of that and you know it's i was just walking my dogs and there's some people that have you know the 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 poppies and i was looking at that and thinking what would it look like really with it just being you know the whole entire sides of hills and things and it just it put me in a sense of of awe of that kind of beauty uh even though you know we have flowering mustard and we have all the different things in in the areas here um but it if that's the feel Mm -hmm. then this particular goddess of the flowers uh, in its right of beauty uh, is there, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, so... But that was a. It was it was interesting because of course then there's this side of you know if you're going to go treachery it's like don't go walking all over the fields and you know people do that they they, they just totally lose it and right. instead of being participating in the process of observing and and uh, respecting it, which yeah. I guess is if you look at the whole idea here is that she was not respected. Right. And. Right. She was a possession. She was not respected. And people treat uh, things like maybe the fields and, and things as if it was theirs and they could do what they want and stomp on it and walk around and, you know, that kind of thing. So it does have an everyday effect, even if it's not dealing directly with this particular goddess. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there there is a heaviness to her 
story and her tale and and all of that. But she, but you're right, she is goddess, and there is some of that too. That you know, before all of the heaviness, there is the beginning where first created and first born, and Uh everything new and beautiful and amazing and. She's experiencing life for the first time as a human, and it's wonderful. Uh-huh. And that is there uh-huh. too. It's not just, uh, you know, we can't we can't paint any of these deities with one stripe. They're they're much more multifaceted and complicated, just like human beings. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh-huh. and her story is very complicated. So, you know, to work with her, you work with all of her, but you also get to experience all of it—the good and the bad, and the lightness and the darkness—and that's that's exciting. That's beautiful. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah. So, truly, uh, a as you say, complicated point of reference, but mm-hmm. still, were. I mean, all of the the deities are complicated. You know, they, I don't think there's there's a simplistic point of reference. People can try to simplify the the deity and god or goddess, either one. Uh, but it it has way more depth and intensity and. Uh, I guess that's why you go into studies of it and you go into the depth of, you know, experiencing them rather than just sort of superficially going, oh, I'll play with this one and I'll play with that one and, you know, that kind of stuff. So. Right. But um, pretty much, uh, I don't know if, you know, there's, I mean, it seems like there is, a lot, and yet there seems to be, you know, when we've talked about this, it's a deep myth, which we've just, you know, and I should say you, because you have done a lot of the the actual storytelling of the myth, uh, touched on. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like any of them, the idea of reading more is a good idea, so you get a feel for it in a deeper way. Absolutely. And there are different translations of the Mabinogian. Um, you know, Charlotte Guest is one, and Gwyn Thomas, I think, is another. There's several different translations, and uh, and that's interesting too. Actually, that was one of the things that in, when I was involved with the Druid organization was read different versions of the same myth translated by different people, and you get uh-huh. like um, subtle differences, subtle changes, subtle uh, word text that it, it, it changes the feeling of a sentence uh, and so uh-huh. even just looking at that how it was translated from old Welsh into modern Welsh into modern English and then uh, you know we read it and we think we're reading the true version we're not <laughs> right 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 you know, so it's an exercise too is to look at more than one uh-huh. Uh-huh. so well definitely it's it for any of the the uh, deities of the British Isles, I noticed that when I go researching and I I look at them, that is true. You have different sources, and you you need to kind of drill down a little bit and get you know get the flavor of each of these sources, and then you have a better view. But rather than just take one kind of, you know, pull them all together just like a tapestry, pull it all together and get an idea. But the Welsh and the and the British and the Scotch and you know, they're they are they're really different than like the, the Greek, the Roman, you mm-hmm. know, even the Norse. It's fascinating, uh 
when I start doing my own research and, and look at them and what the feelings are of it. And um, very local. I mean, they stay very local. Um, yeah. Even though we talk about deities having, you know, they're local, and then we, we get these bigger things about, well, Demeter is this. And, well, there were a bunch of different versions of Demeter throughout the entire, you know, Roman Empire or Greek, I should say Greek Empire. Um but these are much more like you know really local and really they stay that way. So right, yeah, yeah. So it's more of not only the 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 you know in my opinion talking about this, it's more what does the flavor of the culture that it comes from as much as the deity and what she represents and means and her myth and you know yada yada that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anything more you wish to add? No, I think you covered it. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know. So it's it's um it's a it's a good a good uh beginning I guess for spring. You know, you know, mm-hmm. we as I say we already did our, our equinox but we're talking more of the flavor of that. And I know that next week we're we're getting a little bit more into um, a type of, of witchcraft and, and uh, work. And it's, you know, the, the hedge witch, kitchen witch, and green witch. I think, you mm-hmm. know, we got which way do we go. Right, right. And all <laughs> the variations of spelling. <laughs> yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. So... But, um, and I know some places are, are, uh, you know, with the weather still being kind of um, cold or, I mean, we had uh, an experience here where we had lightning and thunder and hail, at least out in Mm -hmm. Rincon Valley area. And today we're looking at sun and people running around in flip-flops. Right. Yeah, it's spring. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and uh, and that means all the different things. So I would say, you know, go out and find the spring out there. Yeah, go enjoy some spring, even if it's, you know, barely, barely started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, some areas it is. I You know, my daughter's area, as far as I can tell, still is cold, but not, unbearably and uh, they're they're getting less they didn't get any snow i mean they got some but yeah. not as much as they've had in the past but um my heart goes out and my my thoughts go out to people in um the the north the, the high i don't want to put this it's not the midwest but it's the upper central area of nebraska and those areas mm-hmm. that have been flooded mm-hmm. you know? right yeah it's so um, mm-hmm. with the, the spring melt, and mm-hmm. I guess that was, and then, of course, everybody had spring break, so that was fun, I'm sure, where, you know, go out and find places that are warm and party. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Well, so. all right, my dear, I think it's about the time we say uh, have a wonderful week, and we mm-hmm. will be back on the air next week with another enlightening radio show. We'll talk to you then. All right. Take care.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. <laughs>